our early week edition of the Sooner Nation podcast, we're going to break down Big 12 running backs. Um, and we're going to give you, we're going to rank the Big 12 team wise from worst to first. And I'm probably going to get in a little bit of trouble here. You might as well, because we've already got a little bit of pushback on this online um, when we release this. And we'll talk about all of that. Um, I do want to, I want to bring this up real fast before we jump into talking running backs, Rich. And we're going to start at 10 and work our way to one. But Big 12 Media Days, it's going to be 100% virtual this year. Two players from each school are going to make their appearance on the Zoom calls July 20th and 21st. You actually brought this up. I think it's something good to talk about. Uh, Just as a guesstimate, who are the two players that Oklahoma is going to send to the media room to jump on the Zoom call. Yeah, as an upperclassman, I think the first nominee undoubtedly would be Creed Humphrey. We do expect him to anchor this offensive line. We do expect him to set the tone, but we also know it's most likely his last season. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get to Big 12 media days, I, w- I would be shocked by all means this year, if he is not one of the two representatives, but I have to believe that they're going to pick someone from the defensive side of the ball. That's the one that that's really up in the air for me at this point in time, who you got is your first one. Well, I think Creed Humphrey for sure. Um, and I think for me, I think it's a little bit obvious on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, Brendan Radley Hiles, just kidding. That was, that was a joke. <laughs> um, I, but I, I think with Creed Humphrey, with the news breaking about him being, you know, a, a all American, right, uh, and so forth. He's going to be on the on the all conference teams. Those aren't going to roll out until around the media day time, anyway. But I, he's he's your no brainer. I, I agree, hundred percent, no brainer. Um, and I think on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's Caleb Kelly. I mean, he's going to be the story, the comeback kid after in, the knee injury took away almost all of last season. Had to make that decision hypothetically. If Oklahoma wins the Peach Bowl, does he does he end his career and play in the national championship game? Of course, losing the Peach Bowl took that decision away from him. I think he's the guy that people are going to, they're going to, number one, I think he's going to be voted as a team captain. The, these guys are going to look up to him for leadership on this team. But number two, I think he's the guy that the media are really going to want to pick his brain. They're going to want to know. He was recruited under Mike Stoops. Almost, he blossomed under Mike Stoops. Missed most of all, I mean, almost all of the first year of Alex Grinch. He's seen it all. I, I think he's the guy that that is going to be the story. I, to me, it's Caleb Kelly and, and Creed Humphrey. You may have a different... No, and the other storyline that people are going to follow is we just had Kenneth Murray on the field at that same... Well, at the linebacker position. Whether Caleb Kelly plays inside or outside is really yet to be determined. Because of the speed that he possesses, he could be a good fit Either way, it's really going to depend on that physicality. If he can be in the middle and be be that run stopper instead of a guy who is more so in pursuit or being sent to rush the passer. When I look at Caleb Kelly, I love the story, but more so Caleb Kelly is a guy who's done everything right off the field. You've never heard his name mentioned for any oddball reason and he becomes a prime candidate and I agree with you for for a lot of the reasons that you've mentioned I just don't know that he is going to play the middle which is fine just gonna throw that out there too I'm just saying they play the same position of linebacker oh gotcha and if you're not well versed then you say LB oh another LB (laughs) 
<laughs> don't don't add an O. Don't add an I. Gotcha. They're, they're, okay. They're at, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down the uh, the ten schools based on running back play, and um, we've got them ranked uh, for what we did at Heartland Sports. And you can read. I mean, we had four guys take part of this project. We have the consensus rankings posted at heartland-sports.com. Um, but I want to talk to you and I, because we, we agree on some things and we strongly disagree on some things. And so I want to, I want to throw that out there that, uh, there's, there's, I want to just have a conversation about this and, and then we want people to, to sign the sound off as well. By the way, if you're listening, um, hit us up on Twitter. Who do you think Oklahoma is going to send to big 12 media days? And by sending them to big 12 media days, I mean, send them into the press room and hook them up to a, a video camera. All right, so Big 12 running backs. We'll start with 10, work our way to number one. And you want to go first, or you want me to go first with number 10? Yeah, I'll go first. That doesn't bother me one bit. This one may come as a little bit of a surprise, knowing what happened during the 2020 recruiting cycle for TCU, who did pick up Zach Evans, one of the most coveted and all-around running back that they're now adding to the roster. However, when I look at what Gary Patterson has to work with at the running back position, I also know that he lost his two leading rushers, which leaves us with a lot of inexperience on the roster. It's not to say that they can't be good. It's not to say that they can't compete or even put this team on their shoulders and run them to victory. But the reality is that has yet to be proven for me. When I look at TCU, I've got them at the bottom because of the significant lack of experience. Well, the consensus rankings did not disagree with you as we as a website have TCU number 10. I don't have them number 10. I've got Kansas State at number 10. And, you know, losing James Gilbert is going to be huge. Skylar Thompson, I think, was number two in the Big 12 in rushing touchdowns last season, 11 rushing touchdowns. But what I wrote about him and what I believe about him is he's more of a Robin than he is a Batman. And I think he he benefited from a lot of play fakes to uh to Gilbert. And I, I don't know. I don't I don't know where Kansas State even starts uh trying to replace both James Gilbert and Jordan Brown. Uh those two guys combined for 1,117 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um so I've got I've got the Wildcats at number 10. Number nine, I've got TCU there. But I mean, look, Zach Evans is a game changer. I think everything hinges with him. He is on campus in Fort Worth. Uh, we know that uh, he's had off the field issues in high school. His recruiting saga was full of drama. Um, but if he gets on the field and Gary Patterson's starting lineup, then I mean, this guy was a legitimate five-star athlete and he could put TCU in the top half of these conference rankings and what and you know well when we get to November and we're talking about the running attacks in the Big 12 what is Gary Patterson like he he likes to play defense and he likes to run the ball a lot of people forget LaDainian Thomason played for you know played for TCU and that there's a a long history of running backs coming out of Fort Worth Texas and Evans could fit into that mold and so I've got him at number nine, but when you look at the bottom half of this list, I the the one team that stands out just immediately for me is that Zach Evans could propel them really into the top five pretty easy. Number nine for me is going to be West Virginia. 
when you look at the production, it was fairly dismal when it came to West Virginia. And there was a general lack of respect Mm -hmm. from opposing defenses. Letty Brown, an experienced team member, is expected to take over as, as the option at the running back position. But again, he wasn't very successful. Can we attribute that to the individual? Yeah, part of it falls on Brown's shoulders, but a majority of that's going to fall on the offensive line. I think West Virginia can take a couple of strides forward on that offensive line. So it's really going to come down to, is Letty Brown a kind of guy who has the vision and the speed to make plays happen when a gap opens up for him? I don't know that he's got that. That's why I've got him. Him specifically in West Virginia listed at that number nine slot. So you've got Kansas State, obviously higher than yeah, me. Yeah, I've got Kansas State at number eight. Okay, and that's right where we now. had them consensusly uh, as a website, mm-hmm. number eight. And by the way, you're you're falling right in line because you're eight, nine, and ten were Kansas State, West Virginia, and TCU, which is as a website. I guess I'm the oddball out here because I didn't have it that way. But go ahead, Kansas State number eight. Yeah, Kansas State. I, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. On these next ones, but you do have to look at what Kansas State presents on the field. You've mentioned the play at the quarterback position has assumed a lot of the running roles or the ball carrying roles. Can a running back really insert themselves into the equation and and prove to be a dominant force Mm -hmm. with some of these? What what I'm going to put is the top five. Can Kansas State compete with those? Not not at this point in time. Yeah, so I've got at my number eight, uh, I've got the West Virginia Mountaineers. And the only thing I'm going to add to what you said, Letty Brown, um, 3.4 yards per carry last season and one rushing touchdown. So you can't really feel great about the Mountaineer rushing attack knowing that. Now, the, the, the hope would be, and you mentioned the offensive line, the hope would be that that offensive line uh, improves, but... I mean, come on, I, who, who knows uh, what's going to happen there? It, it could be it, it could be a long season of football for the West Virginia Mountaineers. And that's, I, I'm going to say this. If there's a team that's going to compete with Kansas to take over the basement of the Big 12 this season, I think it's going to be West Virginia. Um, so number, number seven for me, I've got the Baylor bears and, you know, again, this is a team that their top rusher last season uh, was number 13 in the big 12 in rushing. That was John Lovett, uh, 655 yards total six point. Now he had a respectable 6.4 yards per carry, but this is a a team effort and they're going to use Charlie Brewer. They're going to, they're going to do some things, but, uh, I'm just well, I, I I have so many questions about Baylor after the loss of their head coach and what Matt Rule. You know, what the, the, uh, we talked about this a little bit in previous podcasts. Just the tenacity that he brings to this team. I don't. I, I'm not convinced that they're going to feed off of. I, I don't know that they're going to come in. You know, remember they would do the Oklahoma drill pregame stuff like that. Just line up and smash each other. Uh, before they lined up to play against another team. I I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep that tenacity without Matt rule and to run the ball, you got to be nasty. And I'm not, I just, I got, I got Baylor down the list is because I got a lot of questions about him. Baylor number seven for me as well. Hey, we finally agree on something. Not going to be a big surprise. Here's even under Matt rule, 
the Baylor Bears were not very successful at running the ball. In fact, they haven't even had a thousand yard rusher since the year of 2016. We're looking at John Lovett, who has been the leading rusher, to my knowledge, for the past three seasons, but he hit a career high of 665 yards. I don't know that it's the usage. I I don't know it's schematics. I don't know what the issue is in Baylor, but they don't rely extremely heavily upon their running backs. And because of that, they, by nature, fall lower on that list for me. And it's going to be no different heading into 2020, as I don't believe they're going to have another. I I think they're going to have another season without a thousand yard rusher on the list. I, I, I do want to be fair here. I don't know how many Baylor fans listen, but you also have to consider you're right. John Lovett played 14 games, 103 carries, 655 yards, but you also got to look at Jamichael Hasty, who split that time and they almost had equal stats. Hasty with 627 yards. and But here's the thing for me is that Hasty averaged 5.8 yards per carry. John Lovett, 6.4 yards per carry. It's not like Baylor couldn't run. It's it's that almost that Oklahoma State conundrum before Chuba Hubbard went crazy last year. You've got the running backs. You just don't use them as much. Right. So that, that's my thought on Baylor. Yeah, num- number six for me is going to be the Texas Longhorns. Wow. I- I'm kind of surprised that they're this high up on Hater the list. Alert. Hater alert. Hater <laughs> alert. You say what you want to say. But I'm going to shake it off, okay? <laughs> when it comes to the Texas Longhorns, they were so depleted at the running back position that they converted a quarterback right. to a running back in Roshan Johnson. If Johnson transitions back to that quarterback position, there's going to be a, a lot of carries that are going to come Keontae Ingram's way. Mm-hmm. Four-star recruits one of the better recruits in the state of Texas and one of the the better recruits at the position nationally to begin with. A very capable ball carrier at 5.9 yards per carry. He just needs to do it consistently and prove that he can be more of an every down back rather than needing someone to come in and back him up or to be that that change of pace on any given drive. All right, so um, again, keeping up with... um with where we are, you've got Texas number six. I've got Texas tech number six hater. (laughs) Well, look, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I think again, I think there's potential here for uh, Sir Roderick Thompson to be really, really good. But when the red Raiders lost Bowman, they went to a, a running quarterback that almost had the Jalen hurts effect in that it took carries away from Thompson. Now, he carried the ball 160 times last season, scored 12 touchdowns. But I think with Allen Bowman as the quarterback, particularly with the the uh, the number of injuries that he has had, I think that sets up for Thompson to potentially be more used, more widely used, and get that up to like a Iowa State used Brees Hall 186 times. And I, I think that's where Thompson's going to find himself potentially this coming fall. But at the where it is right now, I, I like him. I think there's potential there, but I can't put him in the top five just yet because I don't know. I mean, I can't say can, can anybody if you if you could make a prop bet that Alan Bowman would play 12 or 13 games this season and not not miss time for injury, would you take that bet? I don't think there's very many people out there based on history that would. 
And I think the the play of Alan Bowman is is 100% tied in to the usage rate of Thompson. And so I've got Texas Tech and the Red Raiders at number six. And so that's going to move us into our top five. Okay, so just to set up where we are, um, Rich, my my six, seven, eight, nine, and ten are Texas Tech, Baylor, West Virginia, TCU, and Kansas. And you've got who? At number ten, I had TCU, nine West Virginia, eight Kansas State, seven Baylor, six Texas. And collectively, as as the Heartland Sports consensus rankings were. At six, Texas Tech, seven, Baylor, number eight, Kansas State, number nine, West Virginia, and number 10, TCU. That's going to move us into the top five. And that's where I've got Keontae Ingram and the Texas Longhorns. And I think Keontae Ingram is super talented. I really do. But here's the thing that I, it's almost, it's almost like the Roshan Johnson, um, I didn't, I didn't say that name right, did I? Sir Roderick Thompson, Roshan Johnson, we're talking about Texas. Sir Roderick uh, Thompson issue with Alan Bowman, as I think Keontae Ingram's success is tied into Sam Ellinger. And it, how much is Tom Herman going to run Sam Ellinger this year? Now, here's the thing. Everybody thinks in, in the 40 acres, they think that Sam Ellinger is legitimate elite NFL talent. Now, this is his last year. This is his last hurrah with the Texas Longhorns, and they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator, and they're going to have to either prove or disprove that theory about the NFL talent of Sam Ellinger based on how they call plays. Ellinger cannot be the leading rusher for the Texas Longhorns, and and I'm talking about in areas of attempts and areas of yardies. Ingram, 144 uh, uh Carries last season, Ellinger 163 carries last season. That can't happen for Ellinger to be an elite NFL quarterback. And so I'm curious what they're going to do play calling. And I I think, again, I've got Texas number five, but I think they could be higher because I think Ingram has a lot of talent. Average 5.9 yards per carry last season. I just don't know what they're going to use him for. And but here, here's the catch-22 if you're Texas. The more you throw Sam Ellinger, the lower your your percentage chances of winning the game go down. You see what I'm saying? And so what do you do? Do you, do you try to throw the guy? Do you try to drop back and let him pass 70%, run 30%? Or do you keep doing what you've done the last couple of games, the last couple of seasons to try to win games? So I don't know how Keontae Ingram is going to play into this mix because if you're running Sam Ellinger 160 plus times, it's hard to give it to Keontae Ingram more than what he got last year. At number five for me, Matt, you and I are going to flip-flop here because I do have Texas Tech and Sir Roderick Thompson. When I look at what Thompson brings to the table, I'm looking at him and saying, that was a freshman? Like You mean to tell me that was a freshman? On the field, he was a breath of fresh air to a team that we have consistently labeled as a pass first offense. Thompson's coming in and was the sixth leading rusher in the conference. I get that, but again, we got to remember he's getting a year of experience. I'm bumping him up that list based off of those numbers, based off of that experience, as well as knowing that Texas Tech finally has a, a, a true running back. 
that they can lean on to get those hard-earned yards Mm -hmm. and to get those first downs or to at least give them options when it's third and short. So Roderick Thompson, by all means, I expect him to eclipse his numbers from last year because at this point in time, it's hard to say he's not a proven talent here in the Big 12, which moves me to number four, which is where I have Iowa State. Surprise, surprise. Another freshman in Brees Hall. I really wanted to move him up this list because of what he's capable of and how good I think he will be. But we have yet to see his his full potential come to realization. Will he be able to be one of the best backs in the conference? Will he take over at that number one role in the future? I think he's that type of a talent, and he may be one of the the most under-recruited backs that we've seen here in the Big 12 in recent years. Brees Hall, number three, or checking in at number three for me. Dude, I, I, love, uh, I love Brees Hall, and I had the same uh, struggle with you in that— I said freshman, didn't I? Yeah. He, he's a sophomore. My apologies. Well, I'm just saying I had the same— Will be a junior, right? I, I had the same struggle— with him from the standpoint of, I, I think he's got a lot, a lot of, I, I think he's got more upside potentially than David Montgomery did coming out of Iowa state. But then when you look at the guys one, two and three ahead of him, I just don't think you can legitimately say he's better than, you know, one of these guys we're going to talk about here in just a minute, but Brees Hall, 897 rushing yards, 4.8 yards per carry, nine rushing touchdowns. Longest run of the season was 75 yards. Um, only one guy in the top four uh, or the top three that we're going to have had a, had a run longer than 75 yards. Only one of them did. So you're, you're talking, even though we've got Brees Hall at number four, we're still talking top talent with this kid. The Big 12, I think, is really going to really going to be deep at the running back position this year. And and again, it's no slide because I think you, usually when you, you when you make rankings, you rank one, two and three. And then there's a drop off to the next level. Well, I think when you look at the Big 12, it's one, two, three and four are elite backs. And then you have the drop off. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would go. I'm a big Thompson fan in Texas Tech, so okay, I, well, see, I, got, I would make an exception okay. to your rule. Well, again, in, 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 well, both with Thompson um, and Ingram, you got Thompson, Texas Tech. I've got Ingram, uh, Texas, number four, uh, number five. But again, I, I think those guys are tied in to quarterbacks. We don't know about the health of Alan Bowman. Right. We don't know how much Sam Ellinger is going to run the ball. But here's what we do know. We know that Brock Purdy is the best NFL-ready quarterback that the Big 12 has to offer in 2020. So Brees Hall will benefit from that, which is the reason why I would put him in an elite talent over Thompson or Ingram. I feel you. Okay, so uh, that's going to move me into number three. Um, You know, the Big 12 last season produced four 1,000-yard rushers, and Oklahoma had two of them, Kennedy Brooks and Jalen Hurts. And so I've got Oklahoma at number three here. I, I think Kennedy Brooks is going to have a career year in the number of carries he receives this fall because Trey Sermon's not going to be there. Now, you're going to see Marcus Major, and you're going to see you know Pledger. You're, you're going to see some of these other guys come in, and Ramondre Stevenson, if he, if he has to serve the suspension when that's over with, you're going to see those guys come in and get some carries. 
but I, I think this is going to be Kennedy Brooks year as far as carries go. And when you, when you look at the four one, this is what's crazy about Kennedy Brooks because, and this is where I got a, a little bit of pushback on social media. I don't think there's a lot of difference between Kennedy Brooks and Chuba Hubbard. I really don't. Chuba Hubbard was the best running back in the country last year. We're, we're clearly going to talk about him, but Chuba Hubbard, four, four backs are four, four players cracked a thousand yards last year. And Kennedy Brooks was the only one of those four players not to have over 200 rushing attempts. Chuba Hubbard had 328 rushing attempts. Puka Williams had 203 rushing attempts. Jalen Hurts, who was number two in the Big 12 in rushing, had 233 rushing attempts. Kenny Brooks, who cracked 1,000 yards, did so on 155 attempts. And we talk about how good Chuba Hubbard is, and I agree. Chuba Hubbard is really, really good. But Chuba Hubbard last year, 6.4 yards per carry. Kennedy Brooks, 6.5 yards per carry. I think Kennedy Brooks, and that's why people are just going to call me a homer, and that's okay if you don't agree with me. I think Kennedy Brooks is every bit as good as Chuba Hubbard. The difference in the two for me is that... Usage. Is that where you're going? No, I wasn't. I was going to say that Kennedy Brooks plays behind a better offensive line. For starters, at number three, Matt, I've also got the Oklahoma. I've also got the Oklahoma Sooners, and it's the reason I don't have Kennedy Brooks at number two is because I am curious to know what he's going to do as the premier running back for this Oklahoma Sooners team. You've mentioned the names that won't be there, and outside of that, two players behind Kennedy Brooks, I believe, combined that will be available day one, combined for twenty carries last year. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see Kennedy Brooks assume this new role. There's not going to be a conversation of who's RB1 this season. Right. When we had Trey Sermon, that was a continuous conversation of who's who's going to step out on the field first during this game or this week. Those arguments, those conversations have dissipated and have, are completely gone. So how will Kennedy Brooks handle the responsibility that he's going to be given? Because Oklahoma, and you haven't even mentioned this yet, nor have I, but Oklahoma's breaking in a new quarterback once yeah. again. Yeah. Nothing new for Lincoln Riley, nothing new for this offensive line, and nothing new for the running backs in terms of responsibility. But I do believe you're right. He will get more carries, more than he's ever received right. in a single season. Well, and, and right, 100%. And I know you're going to go with number two, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be the same on number two and number one. But I will say this, 155 rushing attempts for Kennedy Brooks in 2019. He'll be closer to 200, if not over 200, than he is 150. Yeah, for sure. And at number two on my list is the Kansas Jayhawks and Puka Williams. If you wanted a picture of consistency, look no mm-hmm. further than Williams, who burst onto the scene his first year, eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark, did that in a second season with the Kansas Jayhawks as the premier running back. I know that there were some issues there, but that trend I do expect to continue. Kansas could have its first three consecutive year 1,000-yard rusher in like, I don't know, 60-something years. I, I don't even remember the last time Kansas was capable of doing that, but I know it's happened once in school history, at least once in school history. So we're looking at <laughs> another name being added to those record books. When you look at Puka Williams, it, it's hard not to like what he brings to the field. But again, 
he's at number two for me because of his level of consistency. Regardless of what defenses throw at him, knowing he's the focal point, he still finds a way to produce. Well, and the thing, this is where we got the most area of pushback because con- uh, uh, consensusly, uh, as a website, we had Kansas number two. And 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 our number threes are going to shake out just the same way you and I are talking about it. We all had Oklahoma State number one. We'll get into that. Um, most of us had Kansas number two or Oklahoma number two, and then Oklahoma or Kansas number three. And this is where we got the most pushback because people will just say, well, it's Kansas. How can Kansas be number two? But the thing is, you can't overlook Puka Williams. You can't overlook his talent. You made a great point about Kennedy Brooks and his numbers compared to Chuba Hubbard. Well, Kenny Brooks playing behind a better offensive line. Is anybody going to say that the Kansas offensive line is better than Oklahoma's or Oklahoma State's? I don't think so. And then this kid was number two in the Big 12 in the number of rushing yards per game. He averaged 96.5 rushing yards per game. Of the top four rushers, only one guy averaged more than 100 yards per game, and it was way more than 100 yards per game. But... um. Williams 96.5 and then Jalen Hurts 92.7. Those were the only two guys in the nineties. Kennedy Brooks, who we said, you know, we're putting them at number three. Kennedy Brooks averaged 77.8 yards per game last season. And when you talk about a thousand yard rusher and Puka Williams, he did it in 11 games where Chuba Hubbard played 13 games. Jalen Hurts played 14 games. Kennedy Brooks played 13 games. Puka Williams played 11 games and was a thousand yard rusher for the Kansas Jayhawks. Is Kansas a terrible football team? Absolutely. They're a terrible football team, but Puka Williams is the bright spot on that terrible football team. And as for the issues that he's had with Les miles, that pretty much guarantees he's done after this season. And so he's going to have barring injury. He's going to do everything he can to crack that thousand yard mark again because he wants to go to the next level. And so he's going to be a man on a mission this year because I don't see him coming back. I think this is it for Puka Williams at Kansas. And again, terrible football team, but I don't think you can ignore what Puka Williams has done on a terrible football team. The fact that the fact that, that people would argue, well, he doesn't deserve to be number two because Kansas is so bad. To me, that means he deserves to be number two because Kansas <laughs> is so bad and he's still doing what only three other people did in the Big 12 last year, which is rush for more than a thousand yards. Number one, clearly, um, you know, Chuba Hubbard, Oklahoma State, Chuba, 2,000 yard rusher last year, 6.4 yards per carry, which was uh, actually third uh, in the Big 12 amongst running backs. Do you know who number one was, by the way, in, no. in, in yards per carry? No. Ramondre Stevenson. Now, obviously, he didn't get the, the, the number of carries that a Chuba Hubbard. Right. No one got the number of carries Chuba Hubbard did. Not only did he surpass 2,000 yards in rushing, he surpassed 300 yards or 300 attempts at rushing attempts, but 161.1 yards per game average, 21 rushing touchdowns. Um, I guess the only question to debate here is legitimate Heisman candidate going into 2020? I would have to believe so, especially if he puts up similar numbers. The one thing that will hinder the conversation, the one thing that will turn heads away from a guy like Chuba Hubbard will be losses on a season. Mm -hmm. The Big 12, I know, is not widely regarded as the 
premier conference in the nation, but it's no slouch by any stretch of the imagination. And as football begins to pick back up in the Big 12, we're going to have some at least four teams who are vying for a spot in the conference championship and vying for a spot to dethrone the Oklahoma Sooners. You at number one, Matt, have Chuba Hubbard. I also have Oklahoma State and Chuba Hubbard, but it may be for a different reason um, than just the numbers. When I look at Chuba Hubbard, great speed, but elite vision. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, that's what sets him apart. I've mentioned playing behind a lesser offensive line than what the Oklahoma Sooners are going to field. But it hasn't stopped him from gaining massive amounts of yards each and every game. He's also accustomed to being the only running back option. There aren't really any proven candidates behind him. So he knows when the ball comes his way. He better make something happen, and he does time and time again. It's why he eclipsed that 2,000-yard mark. He's a dependable player, but again, it all comes down to that vision. I think he's got the best vision of any running back in the conference. The only position across the board that we were, uh, the four of us were unanimous on was Oklahoma State, Chuba Hubbard, number one. So go go ahead. Uh, I, w- I want to go just to, to clarify. Our rankings were um, consensusly we had Oklahoma State number one, Kansas number two, Oklahoma number three, Iowa State four, and then Texas number five to round out the top five. Personally, I was kind of in that same order. I had Oklahoma State, Kansas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Texas. You, your difference was you had Texas Tech. Right, I flip-flopped yeah. Texas Tech five, Texas number six. And then at the bottom, you were flip-flopped. Right. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Quick edition, um, talking about Big 12 running backs. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know where you agree. Let us know where you disagree. Are we crazy for having Puka Williams at number two? Am I crazy for thinking that Candy Brooks is equally as good as Chuba Hubbard? Hit us up on Twitter, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. Uh, You can find us on the website, heartland-sports.com, as well as you can always email us, heartland-sports at yahoo.com. Have a great week, everybody. Boomer Sooner.